0: We're going to study this morning about the angel Gabriel coming to Mary. We're going to look at Luke chapter 1. Uh, we always join the redemption story in progress. In Jeremiah chapter 1, we're told uh, that, that God told Jeremiah that he had called him into, to be a prophet from his mother's womb. Uh, Jeremiah, before he was ever born... God's plan was already in process, and the same was true with Mary in her life, certainly was true with Zechariah and Elizabeth, the same angel, Gabriel, that came to Zechariah and told him that in their old age that he and Elizabeth were going to have a son, his name would be John, and he would be great, and he would be the forerunner to the Messiah. The same angel, six months later, would come and speak to a young Jewish girl that nobody knew anything about, had no notoriety, we don't know anything about her family. Uh, she suddenly appears on the scene because God decided to use her. Let's read the story that's so familiar to us, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting or salutation this could be. And then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. Now listen. You will conceive and give birth to a son you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I have not been intimate with a man? The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you, therefore the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth, even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's bond slave, she said, may be done to me according to your word, and the angel left her a lot going on in the story in the midst of of life Mary we don't know how old she was probably a older teenager she was engaged to a young man named Joseph that probably happened right after she was born or certainly as she approached the uh, age of, of getting married her family arranged it was an arranged marriage and yet they were engaged but they had not been married yet And had not had sexual relations. Here she was going about her life. And then one day, Gabriel, the same angel that had come to Zechariah. She would no doubt heard about the story of Zechariah. How he had gone into the temple to pray. And how God had spoke to him. And how he couldn't speak um, until uh, later when a child was born. But she didn't know about Elizabeth's birth. Her cousin, she didn't know about what had happened and yet she had heard about Zachariah. And then all of a sudden, an angel, this same angel, comes and speaks to her. God was working and is working, was working in the lives of all kinds of people to bring us a Savior. He was working in the lives of an old Jewish priest and his wife who had no children. He was working in the lives of some magi we'll look at in a few weeks that were in a distant land. He was working in the lives of a young Jewish couple who were engaged to be married. And he's still working today and invites you, those of you listening online, those of you watching and those of you here, he invites you, he invites us, he invites every one of us to join him in this journey called faith. We're told that Gabriel was sent, it says in the sixth month, the sixth month of what? The sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So it was already, the story was already unfolding and in the midst of that story, God sent Gabriel, the one who stands before God. God is a sending God. I've had people over the years in my ministry tell me, well, Brother Dan, I found God. I said, Well, where'd you find him? You don't ever find God, He always finds you. God is a coming God. He's a God that comes to us, He seeks us out. He seeks us out through the Holy Spirit. He seeks us out through the witness of others. He seeks us out through His Word. He seeks us out through worship. He seeks us out as He answers prayers. we pray, and he, he responds, and we know it's God. He is a sending God, and He sent Gabriel to tell us that He was sending His Son. He was coming Himself into the world that we might know God, that we might have a relationship with Him. He came at the right time, the right place. To the right people. Paul said it this way in Galatians chapter 4, but when the time had been fulfilled fully, when it was, 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 was the right time, when it had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a, wo- of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons and daughters. The Christmas story is about God coming into the world. But it isn't just into the world. He wants to come into our lives. He wants to live His life in us. The Christmas story is about Christ being born in us. God is not some spectator amused and alarmed at the wreckage we see in the world. Rather, He sent His Word and continues to send His Word and message of new life and hope into the chaos and confusion of this world. What we think is wreckage and chaos Is the opportunity for God to bring about new life. He sent him to an unusual place. He sent him to a place called Nazareth. No one would have ever thought that God would come and speak to someone about the coming Messiah in this little town of Nazareth. It was just a little backwater town, it was pagan territory. The Romans occupied it, it was Jewish by heritage. Rome Roman by occupation, but it was Greek by cultural background. It was a small town. They looked to Bethlehem for the birth of a Messiah, and he would eventually be born there. But God came to this little town of Nazareth, an unexpected place, spoke to an unexpected person. You see, you gotta ask the question. The angel Gabriel came to Jerusalem and spoke to Zechariah in the temple. We get that. We understand that. That's the place of worship. That's the place of political power and religious power. But Nazareth, unexpected. But the same God that speaks to power also speaks to people that feel like they have no power. He spoke to Mary not only was it an unexpected place, but an unexpected person. No mo- no pedigree, no religious uh, degrees to put on her name in front of the back. It was, she was just a normal person. And we're told that she was a virgin, but it wasn't unusual in those days for a young Jewish girl to be a virgin. In fact, most young Jewish girls were virgins. It would be unusual if they were not. Elizabeth was not a virgin. She and Zachariah had been married for years, been trying to have a child all of the years, and yet she bore a son who would be used of God to prepare the way for the Messiah, but the child to be carried by Mary would be a special child. He'd be the God man, fully God and yet fully human. God in his divine wisdom decided to step out of eternity into time And take on human flesh. Paul talks about it in Philippians chapter 2. He he talks about how God. Well let's just read it. Philippians chapter 2. It's one of the most powerful passages about what God did in Jesus Christ. And, 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 And Paul said it this way. Make this. Have this mind in you. In verse 5 of Philippians chapter 2. Have this mind in you that was also in Christ Jesus who existed in the form of God, and the Greek word is morphe. It means that essence that never changes. He existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used or grasped for for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself, and the word is kenosis. It means a self-emptying. He emptied himself by assuming the form, again, morphe, the form of a slave, the form of a servant. Taking on the likeness, and the word is schema, outward appearance. In other words, Jesus is God. He has the form of God. But when he came to earth, he became a servant. And, and, and Jesus came to reveal God to us. God came to send Jesus to serve us because that's who God is. He serves us. Not only is he ascending God, but he serves us. He gives us breath, he gives us life, he gives us hope. He, gives us peace. He gives us new life. Taking on the likeness of men, and we had come as a man, and in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. For this reason, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus stepped out of eternity into time. I don't understand that, but I believe it. That the God that that spoke creation into existence, that spoke and said, let there be light, and there was light. That same God, that same power, that same creator, stepped out of eternity into, a, into the personal life of a young Jewish girl and impregnated her through the presence and the power and the miracle of the Holy Spirit. And the child that was birthed in her, that was born in her, that she carried for some nine months and then was born uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a stable in Bethlehem, that same child would grow into the Son of God fully manifested, and we share the, the, the story of redemption. The virgin birth is important. It's not some myth. It's not some casual uh, theological treatise that you can just discard. Uh, it, it's, it's the essence of really what, uh, of, of, of what Christmas is all about. It's the miracle of God being born in a person. Some people think that Mary's virginity is something to be worshipped, that she's to be worshipped uh, as, as we would Jesus, but the New Testament knows nothing of that. Mary would never say, worship me. Her virginity represents the impossibility, humanly speaking, of life coming forth. Some people see her virginity as something of earned holiness, but that's just not true. Uh, It would be an error to think that the miracle of Christmas can only work in us if we are innocent, pure, untouched by sin. If that were true, then none of us could be saved. None of us could have hope because all of us are sinners without exception and without excuse, as was Mary. She was a person that also was a sinner, but God decided to have his child, his son, his Savior born in her, the miracle is not about her virginity. It's about her willingness. Why did God use Mary? Because he chose to. Because he knew that her heart was willing. She no doubt had been taught to worship. She no doubt had been taught to, to look to God. She no doubt been taught to listen. For God to speak. And all of a sudden, the angel Gabriel showed up. And and begins to tell her, look, uh, rejoice, he said. Rejoice, favored one. The Lord is with you. And don't you know, she said she, said she was deeply troubled by this statement. The, the the word means she was perplexed, wondering what kind of greeting or salutation this might be. She's wondering, am I dreaming? Is this real? Is this actually happening to me? And the angel Speaks to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You see, what God did in Mary, he wants to do in you. One of the errors that we've made over the year about Chris, over the years about Christmas is that it's only about the birth of Jesus. That's just not true. Christmas is about, is a, is about the story of redemption. It's about what God wants to do in each one of us. That Jesus wants to be born in us, just like he was in Mary. What happened to Mary is true of every one of us. Without the intervention of God, there can be no life. Left to ourselves, we are sinners without exception and without excuse, and we are condemned to a sinner's hell. Someone asked me the other day, how are you doing? I said, better than I deserve. And he said, well, I doubt that. I said, I deserve death and hell. But what I've been given is grace and mercy. I've been given new life in Christ. The Christmas story is a story of redemption. It's a story of God intervening in the human struggle. It's God keeping His promises that He would provide a way for salvation. And He did it in Jesus. And He wants to do it in you. He wants His life to be born in you. He wants you not just to believe the Christmas story. He wants you to be the Christmas story. That you are Jesus in the flesh. You are Jesus incarnate. His spirit is living in you. That's what the Christmas story is all about. It's what happened with Mary. It's what God wants to happen in us. And the question we've got to ask is, are you willing? Are you willing? He came to Mary because she was willing. He will come to you. But you have to be willing. See, God doesn't force salvation on us. I do not believe that God has so many people it's going to be saved. People call it the elect. I, I just don't believe that's true. I, I believe that God offers salvation. And i said this before, to everybody. But you and I have to respond. We, we have to decide. We have to be willing for Christ to be born in us. Some of us have been saying no to God. The angel said, rejoice. He's wanting us to know that the Christmas story is about joy. Some of us get so stressed, don't we? I heard the news the other day. They were talking about from Thanksgiving to Christmas that uh, people in America, they said an average American. I've never met an average American. Have you? Uh, I've, I've met some weird people, some of them here, you know most of us are we're we 're weird in our own ways, but they said that an average american would 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 gain seven pounds from Thanksgiving till the end of the year uh, so it, you know so what does that do? It makes us worry about stuff so, so so you know Christmas is one of the most stressful times of the year right dana uh, did we Did we get it right to show on the television, right? (laughs) You've been stressed out. Whoo, mercy. And you're hoping that the YouTube works, right? We're going to watch that next Sunday night, 6 o'clock. And stress. We're so stressed out by trying to live right, eat right, think right, act right, speak right, parent right, exercise right, look right, that we forgot to rejoice. (laughs) Joy. Christmas is about joy. It's about, it's about peace. It's about God coming into the world. I read a story of a common newspaper commentator that wrote, Do you realize that if you stand before the pastry case at the grocery store and try to calculate how many calories in that chocolate chip cookie are they going to show up on your hips, you're, you're, you're causing more stress in your life than if you just ate it. <laughs> so eat the chocolate chip cookies. I like pie. Do Y'all like pie? What kind? Hot or cold. It doesn't matter to me. I like pie. You know, and you you worry about that stuff. You know, uh, I weigh the same as I did a few years ago. It's just in different spots. (laughs) (laughs) I've met some of you here. You've had your furniture rearranged. Uh, Your chest is in your drawers. (laughs) That's funny whether y'all agree with that or not. I mean, that's. (laughs) Uh, some of you resemble that remark. Ron, I don't want to talk with you, but, you know, it's, uh, some of us resemble that remark. Uh, Christmas is about joy. And it isn't just the birth of a baby. It's that Jesus wants to be born in you. It's a story of redemption. Favored one. It's a fascinating word. It's, it's only used here in this passage and in Ephesians. Where Paul said, we have been made accepted in the Beloved. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6, Here, here the angel is telling Mary, you have been made accepted by God, you are highly favored, you have been declared accepted, not because of your virginity, not because you're some special person, it's because God has chosen to use you and you're willing to be used. If you would make yourself available to God, it's amazing what he would do through you and some of you he is. Some of you that are listening, you need to make yourself available. You need to be willing. You, we, I need this Christmas to say yes to God. Yes. Quit saying no. One commentator said that that Mary was refusing joy. She said, how can this be? And then the angel goes on to explain to her, the Holy Spirit, it's a miracle. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy One... uh, to be born in you will be called the Son of God. It's the same miracle salvation. It's exactly what God wants to do with you when you trust Him as your Savior and Lord. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. Jesus is born in you. And the Son of God begins to live His life through you. Paul said that, that Christ in you is the hope of glory. So what, how, do we, how do we make it happen? How do we have it happen? You have to be willing. <laughs> the Lord said to Mary the, 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 through the angel Gabriel, Do not be afraid. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. She kept wondering, is this real? And then the angel Says your cousin Elizabeth, you, you you know you know about what happened to Zachariah. Your cousin Elizabeth is six months pregnant, and then she goes, "Oh, this must be real. My cousin is pregnant." And then she says, "I'm the Lord's bondslave." It's a fascinating term. It means. It means you own me it's part and partial of salvation It's hard for us Americans because we we're a people that think we have these inalienable rights, and citizens do and there's certainly we have the right to vote the right to you know to to have freedoms and to be treated without prejudice and all kinds of different things but when you come to the kingdom of God if you claim to be a citizen of God the citizen of the kingdom you've given up your rights he has bought you with a price you are covered with the shed blood of Jesus and your salvation hasn't come from anything you have ever done salvation isn't spelled D O. It's spelled D-O-N-E. It's what Christ has done for you. And when Mary says, I'm your bond slave, I'm your bond servant, it means the lowest. In other words, she's saying, I have no rights here. I understand. You have been sent by God to ask me to do something I don't understand. But if that's what needs to happen, hey, here I am. And God wants to do the same thing in you this Christmas season. You've had all kinds of excuses. I don't have the right background. I'm not talented. I, uh, you, know, I, you, don't, you don't understand my past. I don't come from the right family. I'm not educated enough. There's all kinds of excuses we can stack on top of each other. And most of them, humanly speaking, are valid. But when it comes to God, nothing shall be impossible with God. He used a lowly Jewish girl from a backwater town to have his son be born in her and through her and God wants to use you from Warren County or whatever county you're from whatever your background has been whatever your education level or not whatever your experience has been he wants to use you he wants to be born in you this Christmas season and the hinge is in the last, it's basically the prayer of Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. We pray that'll be your prayer today as we stand to our feet as we pray together. Lord, may you be born in us today. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, would you say yes to the Lord? Yes, Lord, yes. Instead of saying no or not yet, making excuses. Would you say yes to him and let his joy flood into your life this Christmas season? What's God been speaking to you about? Some of you need to trust him as Savior. Young man this end of the first service came and recommitted his life to Christ. Came to know Christ as a young boy but today as a Young man, he's committing his life afresh. Maybe you need to do that today and say yes to God. Some of you need to say yes to baptism, yes to following Jesus, yes to being part of this church, yes to service. Whatever God's speaking to you about, would you say yes to him today? There will be those of us at the Welcome Center out in the foyer this morning to talk to you. So Lord, thank you for speaking truth to us through Mary. May her prayer be our prayer. May it be done to me according to your word. And all God's people said, Amen. I'll be out there. Pastor Greg will be out there. We'd love to talk to you. As I said, a young man came in the service and said he wanted to recommit his life to Christ. Maybe you have needs that someone you want somebody to pray with you. We're glad to do that. So Dana lead us in our closing song. Thank you, Pastor Dana.